Hi, everyone. You're listening to Backstory. Let's hear it on WTBRFM Pittsville with Roberta McCulloch-Dews of the Mayor's Office in the city of Pittsville. Thanks for tuning in. So today we have with us Officer Darren Derby with the Pittsville Police Department. His name is a name that hardly needs an introduction as he's known to so many in our community and beyond thanks to his massive social media presence, 160,000 followers across the globe, and a consistent physical presence in our community. He is a law enforcement professional for 21 years, and he has garnered the trust and admiration of community members, young and mature, for his authenticity and caring spirit. Today's conversation is an opportunity to peel back the layers of it and get to know Darren, the person, and all the factors that have shaped him into the individual we know today. So welcome, Darren. Let's get started. Wow, that's quite the, <laughs> that is quite the introduction. And before I can go any farther, I feel like I'm live in an NPR like radio show. Uh-huh. It's the voice. And I told okay. you before, the voice, like <laughs> I needed this calming uh-huh. today because today is hectic. And yes. I'm like, as soon as you started talking and with these, I don't know, maybe it's the magic of the microphone. I don't know. And I'm like, all right, I could get into this. This yes, is okay. For so, sure. Ah, good morning. Good morning. Good morning to you. All right. So let's see. I always like to set the stage with some biographical information. And I think we got to take it back to your childhood. Mm. You ready? Sure. Okay. So you were born in North Adams and you grew up in New Ashford and you were the youngest of three siblings and the only male. Correct. So as your sisters were older, I can only imagine that they were probably into things that they didn't want their little brother like Mm -hmm. hanging around. So, you know, you had older sisters, they were probably doing their own thing and you didn't really have kids in your neighborhood. So what did you do for fun? Um, it was, uh, I found myself getting into trouble a lot. Oh, God. Uh-huh, yeah. <laughs> my, my grandparents lived, um, so we lived literally two feet from a brook. Mm-hmm. Um, it went uh, on the side of our house. So I was always in the brook uh-huh. uh, fishing, but the brooks aren't like they were even 10 years ago, yeah. right? They're, they're almost non-existent now. Yeah. Um, so I was either f- uh, fishing with a reel, hand fishing, um, doing long walks uh-huh. with the dog uh, throughout the woods, just exploring things, looking at old cabins uh, from my uh, great great grandparents that used to own the land. They had cows. Wait, so hold on. Was, we, we, you can't just say something like that, oh. and then we don't expand. Oh. So we got to talk about that. <laughs> the fact is that you are you one of those individuals that can say. I am from Berkshire County through and through. Uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. you can like trace your roots all the way back. Um, I actually have uh, yeah. traced my roots on my, my mother is adopted. Okay. So I don't know, you know, her uh, biological family. Yeah. I don't really know anything about them. Um, but on my adopted side, yeah. um, my grandparents is a long history wow. um, of um uh, being uh, from New Ashford, yeah. uh, one of them actually a great distant relative from 1904 uh-huh. was the chief of police in Pittsville. Really? Yeah. Yep. Last name White. Yeah. 
when did you stumble upon that? Um, so, you know, you get those emails uh-huh. that, uh, hey, check out your heritage. And uh-huh. I didn't submit my blood work. I don't want to go that far. Mm. Um, but I think it's it was a free program called Family Tree. Yeah. If, if that's what it was. I'll have to look. Yeah. Um, and I just started putting my name in, my mother, and then my grandparents. Uh-huh. And within like seconds, no joke, within seconds, I had the tree literally sprouted. Yeah. And I had branches going every which way. Really? And I'm like... Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I know that person. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's my great aunt. And and wow. so it was, they're being put together by all of these other, like Ancestry.com. They are adding all this stuff. So you don't even have to do half the stuff. And that's, it's free. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of into genealogy, too, a little bit. But it's a little bit trickier. Um, and, and so for me, it would all stem back in Jamaica. And... Um, I think for right now, what I'm trying to do is actually get information from relatives who are still here mm-hmm. so they can share stories, family names. And I've gone back to a certain extent. So I have some research to do, and but it take, it's time consuming. It's it is. It is. But I'll tell you this. And, and after the show, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll see if I can find the platform. Yeah. It, everything was there. Hmm. And it was kind. Of, it was just. It's weird. Yeah. To know that all your information's there, you just yeah. haven't connected it yet. Hmm. Mm. Yeah. It's um. Yeah, it's interesting, Darren. I don't yeah. know if we would necessarily have the same journey. <laughs> uh, well, you know, listen. It's just you never know where it goes. It's true. It's true. Um. Yeah. Well, from from not being yeah. so, you weren't born here. I was not. I was so born in Jamaica. Definitely more difficult yeah. of a situation. Yeah. Um, but yeah. yeah. So that's all right. Well, enough about my genealogy. Oh, come on, we let's keep back, going. <laughs> we want to get back to you. So Ugh. you, you know what? Because we're like in the same age range, we're like of the same generation. You're Gen X. You are Gen X. I'm sure. Gen X too. Sure. We're a, we're a year apart. Sure. I know your age. So I, didn't, I won't say. <laughs> you can say 44. I okay. don't care. <laughs> I, I will be 44 in January. So we're both from the Gen X generation. And as you're talking about when you're like doing all these things, like, of course, your parents would send you out to the brook by yourself. Of course. that's what we did back then. We didn't have a cell phone. There was no cell phone. And it was just as soon as the light started to go, you know, go down, then you would head back home. But you. You, you know, we were big into adventures. Mm-hmm. It was all about the adventures, mm-hmm. all about, you know, going and exploring. It was the direct exploration, yeah. Yeah. right? So that physical exploration mm-hmm. versus the digital yeah. exploration. Absolutely. Yeah. And you also had the makings of a mini MacGyver. Um, yeah. Quite. I, t- I took a lot of things apart. Like Somewhat. phones, mm-hmm. um, doorbells, mm-hmm. uh, VCR, mm-hmm. TVs. And I just, you know, I took it apart thinking, okay, yeah, I want to see how this works. And then I give in. And then, then it just sits there. Did you get pieces. overwhelmed when you saw all the stuff in front of oh, you? Oh, of course. Huh. Of course. But I didn't know what it looked like until I opened it up. So mm-hmm. um, mm. fixed, um, try to tinkered with small engines, lawnmowers. How did it work out? Um, well, I, I mean, good. I had a like a lawnmower with no um, deck on it that I would ride around in the woods. But and that's I'd... still like amazing. Yeah. So yeah. you were like a little mini MacGyver. Some days. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay, so it actually kind of worked out. All right, so you were living this sort of like, is it fair to say country life? Oh, definitely. So it was like definitely. a country life. I didn't think there was 200 people in the town. Did you know everyone? Did um, they know you? No, my grandparents knew everybody because they're, oh. you know, generational, you know, family. But so. here's the thing. You may not know them, but back in those days, yeah. people would say, 
I know who you are. Oh, of course they did. I know your parents. Of, of course they I did. I know your grandparents. Yeah. <laughs> it was a way to stay in line. Yeah, 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 that it did. <laughs> um, all right, so you're having all these explorations um, and sort of living this life. So you kind of, you were by yourself a lot, right? Um, a good chunk of the time, yeah. Hmm. If I wasn't, if my parents weren't home, mm-hmm. um, you know, my sisters, we never got along. Yeah. Typical. Yeah. Um, I would usually be at my grandparents, which is, right. uh, was a hundred feet from our house. Mm. So they were always keeping an eye on me. And I loved, I loved my grandparents. I yeah. loved, um, what, what their life was about. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, I loved just the calmness yeah. anytime I went there yeah. and, you know, they were always, you know, there was no, mm. you know, grand, you know, your grandmother and grandfather, they becker back and forth. Right. And it's kind of funny. To, to look at it and see mm-hmm. it and hear it. And you're like, wait a minute, you're old. Well, you don't argue. Right. Like, haven't you figured life out yet? Right, right. And, uh, but they were always, they were always there for me. Um, yeah. But, you know, I still, I still ventured away. When you think about your grandparents, and I think your great, great grandparents too were a part of your life as mm. well. When you think about them, do you think about like any kind of like, um, scent or something that triggers a memory that you're mm-hmm. like it takes you right back mm-hmm. to that time. So I um, I was lucky enough to grow up with a, um, with a set of great grandparents, uh, um, yeah. which it's absolutely awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember they my grandparents and my great grandparents lived in the same. We had a, a basically it was a duplex. Yeah. Um, so I was always there. And I would always see my grandfather, my great grandfather, sitting on the front porch with glass windows. Remember those louvered windows? Uh-huh. And he would sit in a rocking chair, the older, like 60s, 70s style rocking chair with the metal frame and the, the straps. And he loved cigars. Mm-hmm. So anytime I walked into that porch, it the stench of mm. cigar. Mm. So anytime now, I can still smell it right now. Mm. And I can think of it and I go, Oh man, I miss that smell. Yeah. And even for years after their, you know, they passed, mm-hmm. um, my grandparents still lived next door, but they had rented the other side. I could still walk under that yeah. porch and still smell. Yeah. And I bet you if I walked in there today, it's still there. I yeah. bet you if I walked in there today, I could smell it. And a relative yeah. of mine now lives there. So it's so interesting, right? I mean, when we think about our memories of our childhood too. I mean, I think about my grandmother's house. My grandmother's house was like the centralized place where everyone came together. Oh yeah. But it's interesting though, because like when I was little, the house seemed so big. Mm. And then, you know, when I went back after she passed away, after my great aunt passed away, my great, like, they're all gone. And the house is now inhabited by, um, you know, other, like, tenants. And it just looks different. Everything, yeah. I don't know if it was my, on a larger scale. It was, yeah. Right? You you could hide in the house and you'd be like, oh, they'll never find yeah. you. And now you're kind of like, what was I thinking? Yeah, that was that's crazy. I'm like, well, that's because our imagination, yes. right? Our imagination plays a huge uh, uh, key role in how we, you know, transform into adults. Listen, so. I think there's something to be said about that whole idea of imagination. Um, it really sets the stage where you really are allowed, you are given license to mm. to dream. And you have no distractions. Listen, we had no distractions. I mean, the TV was there. We Nintendo. Had, had we, Nintendo. We had Nintendo, yep, yep. Sega Genesis. Uh, Atari 64. Right. Um, we had all those games. Coleco. Back, and listen, back in the day, not everyone had it. Yep. So you'd have to go to someone's house, and it was always like a cluster of kids playing at who, whoever's house had like the latest. What everybody else had outside of New Ashford that mm-hmm. I did not mm-hmm. was cable. 
You didn't have cable? Nope. Nope. What did we, you have? We had those bunny ear things. Oh, like the antennas. Yeah. So, so we had six like... channels. Right. Yeah. Mm. That's it. That's it. Uh, like pr- like the majority of my childhood yeah. was like bunny ear yeah. TV type thing. Yeah. So let's talk about when you were actually able to like, move the bunny ears <laughs> one way and you were actually able to get like a yeah. channel that came in. Yeah. And you're like, oh. Well, even we were if good they're... because Mount Greylock was usually the, like that closest antenna. So yeah. it wasn't too, too bad. But yep. uh, it was Fox on channel 20, or was it Fox? On 23. Uh-huh. Um, that's, I think that's where all the cartoons were. Mm. And they were always staticky. Always staticky. Yeah. You always had the snow. But the fact yeah. that it actually came in, yeah. you felt like it was true success. <laughs> I loved it. Yes. All right. So you have this, I mean, it seems to me like this really great idyllic childhood in your parents. So your dad, he worked the graveyard shift at yep. GE. Yep. And your mom was a mental health worker in North Adams. So what was their parenting style? Like in those years when you were just growing up, were they strict or did they give you a lot of leeway? Yeah, um, my father was usually, I don't know, my my father was hard, I think. Mm. Um, you know, it, it wasn't, you know, uh, he was my little league coach for a mm-hmm. while and we butted heads and didn't like that. And um, so he was always very strong opinion. Um, but my father was always somebody who I looked up to. And I still consider um, him to be the nicest person mm-hmm. I have ever met. My father would, I would go into my fa- with my father into a bank mm-hmm. and everybody, every woman, every man, every clerk that was working in there mm-hmm. would always smile and say, hey, Paul, Paul, how are you? Hey, Paul, hey, Paul, how are you? And go, oh, good morning, ladies. Good morning. And I'm like, and I'm like, how does he? How does he know all these people? Right. And it's just from, it was, he just smiled hmm. all the time. Um, you know, and looking back, I, I don't know if that was real or if it was just, um, hmm. you know, was it uh, an attempt to hide whatever feelings hmm. he had going on? Mm-hmm. Um, things that I realized later on in life. I was going to say, because yeah. I'm, in listening to you, there's a juxtaposition between what you said about him being hard on you and you guys knocking heads and then seeing his um, public you know, mm. disposition. Yeah. And it's like hindsight he, is always twenty twenty. Yeah, he's he was he's never. And you know what? I'm blessed to have his genes when yeah. it comes to uh, anger management, um, mm. the ability to um, see others, mm-hmm. um, you know, as humans. But he gave me the ability to not um, want to hate people. Mm. Um and he was never a physical person. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad was always pretty, he was soft spoken. Yeah. Um, and kind of just, he was laid back, but yeah. his words, it, um, you know, and he was tough. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, hmm. like he just, he had a caringness about him. Hmm. Um, you know, my uh, father is still with us today. We unfortunately don't have a, a, a working relationship. Yeah. Um, but you know we're we're still here, and you know. But it seems like you you took a lot from him, and there are things that are forever a part of you, mm-hmm. and and I think those things are cemented a lot of times with what we experience, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, 
All right. And it also seems like he was a very hard worker. I mean, the fact that he worked he a graveyard yeah, shift. Yeah, he worked a lot of overtime. Mm. Um, and I, you know, again, as an adult, yeah. I can look back and go, okay, that's why he worked a lot of overtime. Yeah, you, know? you probably so, came from that generation where you just uh, That's all just, they did. That's all they did. Work. Well, that's, and that's just, what I got. Right. You know, so I, you know, that was instilled mm. into me. So that's, you know, even when I first started working at the age of 14, I got mm-hmm. my working papers. I had two jobs, mm-hmm. you know, plus school. Right. And home life. Yep. And and that pretty much was the start of um, having 25 jobs in my life. That's so, right. Yeah. See, yeah. I'm telling you, Darren, the work <laughs> ethic. I'm telling you. I'm te- Shout out to working papers, right? Because I can't sit still. So. I remember. Listen, working papers were the thing yeah. because working papers signified freedom. You mm-hmm. can finally work and make your own money and buy your own clothes. Mm-hmm. Whatever you wanted. My my first job, I was uh, worked on a farm in Hancock, uh-huh. where my dad's family was all from. Yeah. So I stood. Uh, I got to be in the back of the hay wagon, and the uh, the hay kicker machine would uh-huh. kick it, and if you didn't turn around quick enough to grab it, it would whack you in the head, and down you'd go. And... Did you get a couple of whacks in the head? Oh yeah. Um, mm. I learned how to drive on the farm. I right. uh, started with tractors, uh, lawnmowers, and then went to vehicles in the fields. Um, and then eventually um, worked my way up to an actual job out in the public at Chimney Peak. Yeah. And then I was a shoe salesman mm. <laughs> at age 16 uh, at, Mc- at uh, uh, what is it? McCann, um, Tom McCann. Tom McCann. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> when it came, <laughs> I know it. why am I thinking of like married with children? Yeah, listen, Bundy? I knew exactly where you were going with that. You didn't even have <laughs> Wasn't he a shoe salesman and he hated his job. But I loved Did it. Did you love it? I loved it. What was the best part about being a shoe salesman? Um, it was working with mature mm. well they weren't always mature yeah adults okay um and getting like responsibility yeah where i then became like a third key holder or something right um you know and i'm not even graduated from high school and here i am with all these responsibilities right. and you know it was a uh, so much fun mm. it was so much fun yeah, yeah. no that, i think that's the best part about the jobs as we you know even when we're like kids right and teenagers you think back to the jobs that you had and you're learning something mm. every job you don't know that you don't know yeah. that i mean i remember i was like i remember i used to work at baskin robbins <laughs> um and then i don't know how the job came to an end i feel like there was a very dubious end to it <laughs> I don't remember. Yeah, well, that's probably good then. I don't, know. <laughs> I don't remember, but I was like, when I w- went back to my um, where my my parents live in in Westchester, and I was showing my kids, I was like, yeah, the Baskin Robbins used to be over there. I was like, yeah, I used to work there, and then I was like, when did I stop, and why? Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. Anyway, but tell me a little bit. Um, you know, your your parents sort of had their way with you, and you were able to have sort of like, I guess, all this like responsibility. And freedom to some extent. Hmm. Let's I talk- was home a lot by okay, myself. So let's talk about that. Let's talk mm-hmm. about that because there was an incident <laughs> in the woods. Mm-hmm. Um, and I need you to set the stage about the woods. Um, so being a young man, I don't even think I was in like third grade. I can't even remember when. Um, but my grandparents, um, as lucky as they were, they were hard workers, saved money. They bought a house mm-hmm. um, up in Lake George, uh, right next door, called uh, Bolton Landing. Okay. And it wasn't on the lake, but it was across the street. And <clears throat> that was basically what they did during the summertime. So uh-huh. spent a lot of summers up there. 
Um, they rented to college kids uh, the top floor, so I got to be with more mature people um, and kind of wandered around. They, they own quite a bit of acreage behind, and um, I began to be a little bit of a pyro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I played with matches a lot. Okay. And that I definitely um, did some things that I, you know, regret today. Right. Um, one of those <laughs> being that I was just wanted to light some leaves on fire. Mm-hmm. And uh, the leaves turned into a uh, good size acreage now of I, a forest fire. I need to ask you, mm-hmm. okay, because again, mm-hmm. you're off the generation with what's his little, the, the bear. And Smokey the bear. Smokey the bear. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, you are of that generation. So you are you are duly warned about the dangers. So I, I was I was an extremely inquisitive child. Did like right. fire like captivate you looking at it? Because I know a, I know I know some other individuals who no yeah no sw- it never captivated me yeah um I don't I don't I honestly don't know why okay I don't know why um you know I was spoken to a couple of times as yeah. a child um, about you know, playing with fire and mm-hmm. matches and, you know, and it was shortly after the forest fire um, that I no longer played with matches so or did, lighters. Did they know? Did your family know it was you? Um, so I was just there with my grandparents. So it got out of control and I'm trying to, stu- you know, snuff it out with, you know, my feet and it just kept going and going. And I'm like, oh, man. And then because it was a dry summer and I raced down. It was probably a five minute race down through the woods to my grandparents house. And I fibbed to them and said, you know, Graham, 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 I'm in the woods. And this guy was trying to light leaves on fire and, and the forest is on fire. Yeah. So years later, I never admitted it to him. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I, you know, as time goes on, I'm like, there's no way I can do it. I can't tell them. Yeah. Um, I eventually did. And they looked at me and said, well, it's about time you told us the truth. <laughs> They're like, did you really think, you really think we bought that, that some guy, it's just some random guy just so happened to be right near you uh-huh. <laughs> and lit the woods on fire? No, I don't think so. So. Um, but you carried that with you all those years. Oh my gosh! Was like it, it was, was guilt. It was, it was guilt. Oh yeah, by by uh, sure. Mm. Yeah, because my grandparents gave me everything. Mm. There wasn't anything. I mean, I had to work for yeah. whatever it was that they gave me. Nothing was for free. Um, but did, I definitely had to. You know. Did you feel like you had let them down? Oh yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And that plays a part in my life later on. Right. Hmm. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, and if I could just even say that one more time, did you feel like even though they you knew later on that they knew, there's something to be said for feeling like I have a second chance because yeah. no one knows. Yeah. So yeah. did you, even though you had the guilt, did you almost feel like you had a reprieve of sorts? When I told him? No. Oh, when oh. you, because you didn't get in trouble. Yeah. Here was this big fire. Um, I never, you... I never, I mean, it was huge. It was, it was big. It mm-hmm. was probably a good 10 acres. Yeah. Yeah. Um, wow. But, but it, 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 I don't, I don't, I mean, I can't really specifically, you know, point to anything after that. Um, yeah. That, you know, where I felt any reprieve or anything like that. I think I was always, I always have been. Um, someone who, if I did something I wasn't supposed to do, yeah. even in adult life, yeah. even in work, mm-hmm. um, and I knew it was wrong, mm-hmm. um, uh, that does not disappear. 
Right, it stays um, it, with you. It stays with me. That's mm-hmm. that, and that's how I am as a person. So, mm. um, I rarely, mm. rarely ever will kind of shy away from the truth because okay. it just it doesn't feel good. I hear you. You know. All right, for my listeners just tuning in, my guest today is Officer Darren Derby, and we're getting to know him as the individual. And so, uh, stay tuned. Um, so, listen, when you were in the fourth grade, your family. Um, it was a it's a difficult time because I think there was a shift going on yeah. um, in your family life and um, and and you have shared you know the circumstances with your mom. Do you mind sharing it now? Yeah. So um, <clears throat> my mother uh, worked in the mental health field. My mother was a CNA, or I think she might have been an LPN. I think she saved a couple of lives. Mm-hmm. In Howard Johnson restaurant. People were choking. Mm-hmm. My mom was a regular mom. Um, you know, she had her days like any mom. Um, but then um, my mom I, I started getting sick. Um, I didn't know what was going on. I just knew that she wasn't herself. Uh, very angry all the time, laid in bed all the time, smoked like five packs of cigarettes a day. Like that's an absorbent, a, a enormous amount of cigarettes. Mm. Um, so she was a chain smoker, just constantly lighting and putting it out, lighting, putting it out. Um, and it was shortly, I don't know, it was probably within a year I realized that um, she could no longer work, and that's why she was home all the time. Uh, she was diagnosed with depression um, along with multiple personality disorder, which is now called disassociative disorder, mm-hmm. um, where um, it took a few years, but um, we learned uh, through self-education um, and by her telling us uh, that there were certain personalities that would come out, mm-hmm. some were nice, some were not so nice. Mm. Um, so, at, you know, being in fourth grade, <clears throat> it's it sounds crazy um, to even you know to, to, to even fathom that somebody at in a fourth grade is experiencing that at home. Yeah, um, I don't regret growing up in that situation. Um, there was some pretty pretty physical you know pretty heavy physical alternate altercations um with my mother mm-hmm. with my father with my sisters um not a lot with me um my mother and i had a uh just a mother-son bond yeah and i literally stayed by her side all the time all right no matter what you've said a lot <laughs> um so i want to unpack it a little bit um this all happened around fourth grade, so you're 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 still young. You're yep. like nine, ten, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. How did you? What was it like when you were? So you're at home and you're seeing all of this, but then you have to go to school. You have to be around other people. What were you thinking during that time? How did you reconcile your home life with with what you're seeing outside? Because you know, at some point, did you say, is this, did you ask yourself, is this normal? Is this okay? Like, what What were you thinking? Um, I don't know. I knew, <clears throat> I knew our family was special. Yeah. Um, that, you know, I've, I, you know, we didn't, we don't talk about mental health, mm-hmm. right? We don't talk about what really goes on in our house. Mm-hmm. And, and that still goes true for today. Um, you know, I see kids today that, you know, I can almost like, hone in on them Mm -hmm. that, okay, they got something going on at home. Mm. Um, Because I knew the signs that I, looking back, I can go, okay, well, geez, you know, this is, this was my behavior. Right. Um, 
for the most of the most of the time, I'm spot on. Yeah. Um, but um, it it wasn't easy. But at the same time, I don't think I struggled a lot trying to tackle both. Um, as odd as it is, and I think that's partly because of how I grew up. Um, the nature of how I grew up, I was outside all the time. I was by myself a lot, mm-hmm. um, had my dog and my grandparents. Um, <clears throat> so you were able to escape the school. Way. School was more of my escape. Okay. Uh, if we can put it that way, that's, okay. that's a good way to put it. So, mm-hmm. um, I didn't do good in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the time I was up till two or three o'clock in the morning, most mm-hmm. nights, school nights, because my mother uh, begged for me to stay up. Mm-hmm. Um, she threatened to harm herself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, there's only so much that I could do because mm-hmm. my sisters were upstairs. Right. You know, they didn't care. They'd argue with her. And yeah. I'm like, you know what? Just, I don't want to poke the bear. So I'll just, I'm just going to chill. So a lot of because your dad was working, <clears throat> and he would call. She would call him constantly, telling him to come home. He'd come home. They'd get into an argument, you know. And it was all the mental health part that was really driving this. Um, and he eventually, you know, it yeah. just it gets overwhelming. In many ways, you almost seem like your mom's protector at that age. Yeah, I felt like it. Hmm. I felt like it. Um, and up until her passing um, in 2005, I still felt like that. Mm. Um, but it, it's it's something that I I really <clears throat> I never I don't think I ever looked at my childhood um, as though I was robbed. My childhood as as though um, it wasn't as good as it could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know why. What happened happened. Yeah. Um, I understand why my mother became mentally ill. Mm-hmm. She was um, abused. Um, I don't know if the, there was a sexual abuse, but there was physical abuse yeah. um, with her siblings, <clears throat> who I have, you know, uh, she was adopted with one of her sisters. Yeah. So they both lived in New Ashford with my grandparents. So I did hear a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, about, but never really got into the nitty gritty it's a cruel irony because your mom was like she worked she helped people oh yeah right oh, yeah. and yeah. like and then to see what what happened to her she became a she became a victim of mental illness right yeah and so um there's that 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 sadness there um and i would almost have to I glean the fact that like because you guys had this bond it protected you in many ways um, because you said th- the same was it wasn't the same for your sisters. No, um, they were able to kind of do their own thing. And it's really mm. because they were older. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm in fourth grade. They were uh, I think they were ninth. Mm. They were a couple years ahead mm-hmm. of me, um, but they went to Mount Greylock mm-hmm. and Mount Greylock, the <clears throat> the seventh through 12th is in one school. So they were at the high school right. when most of this goes on. So their hours were different than mine. Their sleep habits were different. Um, you know, they had friends, older friends, and their parents would come and get them. And right. they, they and so it was me a lot of the times in yeah. the house. Um, I won't say I took the, the, the brute of everything yeah. um, that my mother, you know, was going through, yeah. but a good chunk. So when you talk about, and, and I think 
to your point about the childhood and looking back and, you know, it sort of is what it is. It's almost like sometimes when you hear people who say, you know, growing up, we we didn't have much, but we were good. Like mm-hmm. we were good with what we have. And I think it, it's to the point where you're what you have sort of there's a familiarity. Familiarity. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That word just went right. There's a comfort level um, with knowing what you have, right? There's a comfort level with your experience Mm. and for better or for worse. Yeah. I mean, I had to grow up fast. You know, I didn't, you know, I I won't say that I had the worst childhood. I didn't. Yeah. Um, That that would be a lie. Um, Did I have to grow up much quicker? Absolutely. Mm. Um, But I'm in a way, I'm kind of glad that, you know, that I was in that situation, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and you know, some of my friends, uh, my closest friends who, you know, some of them I still talk to today mm-hmm. um, from childhood, they were aware of what was going on with my mother and they would be over my house and, you know, I'd have fun, um, yeah. you know, with them and my mother in kind of making light of the situation. You know, I'd go in the other room and um, my friend would be in the bedroom and yeah. I'd go in the other room and my mother's like, who's here? And a really like a deep voice, yeah. right? And she's like, "Who's here?" Uh-huh. And I said, "Ma, you know, you know who this is? It's Travis." And she's like, "Travis, who's that?" And I said, "Well, well, you know who that is." And then she she would, you know, a conversation would go somewhere else, and then I'd walk away and come back, and she goes, "Who's in the room with you?" I said, "Oh, that's Bob, Bob. Yeah, you know Bob." Uh-huh. And I would just that, looking back on it now, yeah. you know, I. I my intention was just because I hated the situation yeah. at the time yeah. and wanted to elevate her anger. But at right. the same time, it was I was able to put my friends more at a comfort level um, when I could go back there and we were laughing about it. So, like, so. you found techniques that work. Coping mechanisms. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And you, you didn't even realize it. No. No. Hmm. Um, there was a point in my life. Uh, I think I was might have been in sixth grade. It was before high school, middle school, um, where I had refused uh, to get up uh, at like 3 a.m. in the morning. I'm sleeping and she's pounding. My mom is pounding on my door. You know, it's those pine doors, the solid pine doors. And and I'm like, you know, just leave me alone. I just want to go to sleep. My door's locked. And she's just banging and banging and banging um, nonstop, wouldn't stop. And then it got quiet. And I can still remember. Mm-hmm. It got quiet. And then all of a sudden, bang, right on the door. And I'm like, what was that? And I turned my light on. And I had a screwdriver through my door. Um, took it out and then did it again. And said, if you don't come out here, I'm coming in. Oh, my gosh. So I just. Where were your sisters? Oh, upstairs. Yeah. They're just ignoring her. Okay. Yeah. So I opened the door and went out and kind of just chilled on the couch. I slept there while she slept half the time, smoked mm. cigarettes. And um, so, you know, it, the, I had rare incidents where I was ever in fear. Yeah. And I don't even remember if I was, I don't even think, to be honest with you, I was in fear mm. of my mother. Mm. I was feeling fear for her because i i've known what she's capable of Mm. given the incidents and the the years that have gone by while you know her certain personalities would come out and try to harm herself and um you know the the one one that sticks with me forever is because i didn't come out of the room um the next day um she um said pretty much are you happy now 
and showed me her arm mm. and she had taken a cigarette and burned uh, one of her personalities names in her forearm. Did it stay with her? For it her? stayed with her until she passed away. Yeah, it was a scar. It was like a, a you know, raised yeah. skin scar. Yeah, like yeah. a brand. Yeah, literally, you could read the name. Yeah, um, and you know, finding out later on <clears throat> through therapy with her and and um, her psychiatrist that that was that male personality. Yeah, the 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 angry one um, that did that, and he did it mm. to her body um, to really get back at me. So, and then when my mother is, was herself, Mm -hmm. she didn't understand. So it's so, um, it's deep, it's deep and complex. Yeah. Um, and it, uh, you know, I, I have always wanted to dig deeper. Yeah. Um, you know, I was just never an educational person. You know, I just, and I think, you know, I just recently got my associate's degree. Good for Um, you. Yeah. Thank you. But you know, I had D's and F's, you know, I don't even think they have D's and F's now, but whatever, you know, I I, I literally failed. I literally failed. Um, school every year. Was Um, was it because, and and did they promote you? It was home life. Did they promote Um, you? Well, because I did extra credit stuff. So just enough, you know, they would squeeze it by just enough. Mm. Um, I think, you know, I probably because they knew my situation. Um, You know, I never did bad things. I didn't get into fights. I just, they knew a lot of times I was sick, never went to school, you know, for maybe a couple of days each week because Mm. my mother, I'd be up all night. Um, I didn't want to go to school. I, you know, there's a test I didn't study. Um, so there was a lot of, I mean, there was a lot of personal struggles, uh, growing up, but none that I felt have really, um, traumatized me. I don't know. I don't know. You know, I, that's fascinating for me yeah. to hear because yeah. everything that you have just told me, I'm speechless. You would imagine that I would not be the person that I am today. Well, let's see. In a way I could see how it has influenced you. I could see where you have taken the experiences, for better or for worse, and it has informed the way that you police. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I think that's part of your brand. I think, you know, when people think of your name, a lot of things come to mind, but they think of someone who's caring. They think of someone who goes the extra distance, um, you know, in making sure that kids are, you know, you have a particular way yeah. with kids. Yeah. They yeah. they gravitate I don't get to it. You. I don't get it. So. Well, it's, <clears throat> you know, I think, you know, it's almost like maybe what you didn't have Right, I, I know where you're you going. You become yeah. that thing yeah. that you didn't have. Mm. You've embodied that in right. many ways. Now you're getting deep. I'm now just saying. You're getting deep. I I'm, don't have to go to my therapy <laughs> session this week, sweet. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, as I'm listening to you, you have embodied everything that you wish someone was for you. I think who I am now is, you know, I feel more like a protector. Mm-hmm. Um than a servant Mm. um because i i i know firsthand the struggles Mm -hmm. um that kids are experiencing and Mm -hmm. i have said it for years um once i started getting into the the in-depth um uh look at families and their culture and their home life Mm -hmm. that kids now um 
be, are seeing more trauma and experiencing more trauma mm-hmm. before their 10th birthday. They're seeing more trauma than a Vietnam vet. And we know how bad that was. And we know that their brains, for the most part, they were 18 years old, they were almost fully developed, right? And we know the trauma that they're coming, that they came back with. But as a child, you don't, your brain isn't fully developed. Right. And the amount of trauma, the deaths in these families, um, how they're, what their living situation is, um, their parents, I mean, there's more parents now that are, that are battling an addiction, mm-hmm. um, that see things that no kid should ever see going on in the house. And I don't think we've ever, I don't think we've had a generation yet yeah. that's developed into adulthood where we've seen, mm. I think we're at the cusp of it, mm. um, where we're starting to see the result of those childhood uh, traumas mm. that have happened to children. I mean, it, it explains why mm-hmm. we are now seeing a huge, huge increase in childhood mental health, mm-hmm. um, where kids are literally trying to take their life. And COVID didn't help. And COVID did not help. Yeah. Um, that is a huge, that was another huge struggle. Um, so I, I, I just, it's a hard statement to make, but I think it's reality hmm. um, that, you know, and that's based on my experience with these kids yeah. um, and their families. How are so. you able to, because you're you're so well known, um, there's I, I can only imagine there's still an aspect of building trust. What are some key things that you do to establish yourself as a trusted person that they know that they can turn to? The number one thing and the most important thing is to do what you say you're going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, if I find out it's somebody's birthday and I know they're struggling, I I will say, hey, listen, when's your birthday? You know, or I'd get it a different way without them thinking that I'm going to show up. And I'll figure out the day mm-hmm. and either I make that day by visiting them at school, yeah. at the bus stop, when they get off the bus, at home, whether we give them a cake, whether we give them a present, whether we give them a card with a cupcake. It's it's It doesn't matter what it is mm. as long as you follow through. Um, that is the biggest hurdle, mm-hmm. I think, that when it comes to gaining trust yeah. um, and creating a, a relationship yeah. with that f- child or family, yeah. it's, it's if you say something, mm-hmm. say you're going to do something, mm-hmm. then do it. Mm-hmm. Because most of the, the families, especially the families, but the kids are dealing with is, is disappointment, mm-hmm. um, people lying to them. Um, you know, whether it's on purpose or not, um, you know, people trying to shield them from reality when they're not, they're not stupid. Right. They, a five-year-old <laughs> they know. knows they know. when, you know, somebody says they're going to show up for the fifth time and they don't, of course they know what's, of course we know what they're thinking. Right. You know, so yeah, I think being that, and it allows me, it allows them to you know, trust yeah. someone outside of maybe that tight circle of people. Hmm. So, you know, you, you started your law enforcement career in 2000 when you joined the sheriff's office yep. as a correctional yep. um, corrections officer. However, you joined the force, I'm going to say, what, 2000 and uh, the Pittsville Police Department in 2009? Yeah, I was sworn in full time. You sworn in. Yep. Uh, when you 
when you started your career, did you imagine that you would be um, going down this pathway? No, no. I, I don't think I ever know what my next direction is. What leads you? Um, whatever's happening. So, okay. So, I don't, so, I can't tell you, hey, in five years from now, yeah. this is what I'm, or hey, next week, this is, I just, it, I've never been able to do that. Okay. So, all right. So then let's take it down a little bit. So like when I worked at the yeah. jail, yeah. um, I worked as a corrections officer. I loved it. Uh-huh. And I still love that job. What was the best part of it? Um, getting to know people. Okay. Um, I, you know, I learned very, very quickly Mm -hmm. but i think it's again how i was brought up that i wasn't there to judge people yeah it didn't matter what you did it didn't matter if you were in there for murder for molestation it did it did not matter that was not my job Mm -hmm. my job was to um facilitate a Mm -hmm. safe and secure environment and that i Mm. took that to heart um so i talked to some of the worst of the worst people that you could imagine Mm. um that did some heinous things but i i I wasn't there to judge them, and I felt as though it wasn't fair yeah. if I judged them based on that um, that mm. incident or their lifestyle itself. They're human, mm-hmm. um, and I actually found it interesting to kind of to befriend them, yeah, and figure out like what's ticking, you know. So hmm. it takes a, it takes a special person maybe well, to to not judge people like that. Well, but. if I could. Going back again to your childhood, where you've had to have this sort of wide berth of Mm. understanding, you literally grew up in a situation where you've had to sort of reconcile what was going on around you. So it kind of makes sense. Like, I mean, you could have gone in any direction. You could have yeah. you could have gone in a direction of bitterness. You could have and said, uh, yeah. but you didn't. No, that wasn't me. It wasn't you. And and so I think the fact that you you've apply that same kind of thinking to um, other people where you don't judge them. You just, you talked about like the heinous acts and things like that. And people probably are expecting themselves to be judged by Mm -hmm. others. And you're like, I'm here to listen. And you're throwing people off Mm -hmm. because they're thinking he's going to judge me. Yeah. and, And don't get me wrong. Do I have those times? Yeah, I do. Well, you're human. Yeah, I am human. That's right. Um, there are times where I just can't hold back, and mm. you know, um, you know, I speak what's going on mm-hmm. and speak my mind at someone or towards something. Mm. Um, you know, I sometimes regret it. Sometimes I don't. Um, but you know, right. I, I think it's. I think it's. I think it's important, you know, and as you pointed out, it's important. I am human. Right. Right. Anybody that wearing this uniform or right. any uniform. Right. We're human. Mm. Um, we all make mistakes. And, you know, I think it's it's always most important mm. to understand that everybody has a parent. Right. Everybody came from someone. Right. Um, you know, everybody has a family um, that are affected by their actions. Mm. Um, but, you know. We don't know what brought them to that situation, um, you know, and that's that yeah. for me is yeah. how I have been able to reconcile many of those um, in, uh, relationships that mm-hmm. I've created because we don't know what that person experienced. Mm. You know, the kid that's bullying. Why is he bullying? You know, is he a bully? Sure. But but why is he bullying? Right. I want to know. And then you find out, well, it's home. 
right? There's an abusive relationship, or there's only one parent, right. um, or there's one parent, but the parent works a lot uh, and is really non-existent, and they, they're on the street a lot, and mm-hmm. they had to stick up for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe that child was always, you know, uh, looked down on by his parents or, or whoever he lived with. Mm. So now he just takes it out on somebody else, you know, to, because he thinks it's cool um, or doesn't think that anybody's going to like him. Right. So he just, you know, he tries to get to them first, um, you know, and that's generally, that's usually what it is. Wow. Yeah. Well, I we was, don't grow up to be bullies. We don't. So we, something, there something. are factors. That's yeah. right. We yeah. don't grow up like every, when we grow up and we are the individuals that we are, we have to look back. <clears throat> we have to look back and see what were those factors that um, that contributed to that, for better <laughs> or for worse. <laughs> um, because you're right. When you're a little kid, you're just that. Yeah, you're a little kid. Yeah. So why do you? Why do we? Do, why do we do those things? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's we are a product, for the most part, a product of our surroundings. Yes. You know, so yes. our environment really dictates. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, right for yes. some, some for the good, some for the bad. Um, how and what direction mm-hmm. we may take, um, but that's where you know that's where we're learning things. Mm. And again, that's why I I still I'll always say it: the amount of trauma that you see before your tenth birthday is it's everything. It's home life. It's street life. It's the disconnection of families. Mm. Um, where when we grew up, mm-hmm. it was you know for a lot of times we had a big family. We did right. So there was always support somewhere. Yeah. Yes. And we always went on Sundays yeah. to my grandmother's house mm-hmm. where my dad's all his siblings, yeah. seven siblings. They'd all come with their families, and we would just pack the yeah. house. Yeah. You know, and we Thanksgiving was. Oh, yeah. Come on. Anybody with a big family, uh-huh. Thanksgiving was the best. You're you're so right about that. I mean, my family wasn't as huge as yours. However, there was something about sort of that consistency and um, knowing that there was this centralized location. Mm. And it's one of the things that, you know, even I think about for our kids, like, you know, um, we live far away from our families. Yeah. Like, so for, you know, for Warren and I, it's like, we're it, you know, we're it in terms of creating that environment. And yeah, we have trusted friends, but it's different. It is. It's different when, you know, we, I, you know, growing up, I lived near my grandmother. Mm. We lived in the same house at one point. So th- it was like, there's that extended family and there's always like those levels. And, and I could see, um, it's, a, it's, it's a, hard. it's a support system. It's a support system that you can't just get outside of you family cannot, because you family represents that no matter yeah. what their family and no matter how many times people say, I'll help or I'll do it or yeah. Yeah. You don't the intentions be a, are the there. intentions are there, but yeah. you know, yeah. no one wants to be a burden and nope. no one wants to like then then that person has to say, Yeah, I can't do it this week. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't yeah. ask. Nope. And then you take it nope. on. And so it's it's so hard. And to nowadays. me again, I think we can I think we can without a doubt contribute mm-hmm. the lack of family. Mm-hmm. Um that family bond mm-hmm. is part of one of the issues that we're facing today with, with yeah. behavioral issues. Yeah, you know, I no, just, I agree. It's there's there's a lot and, and and so it's like what we're trying to do now is fill in the gap. And yeah. and I think this is and it's almost like, okay, the wound is open. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We see this gaping wound. All right, what are we going to do? Because, you know, pundits have, you know, said, oh, well, why is the wound open? And you're right. And absolutely. And it's like, okay, there's so many reasons. But when that wound is open and it's festering, 
how are we going to stop the the infection from spreading? Like, and I think the work that you're doing, and I appreciate that, is part of it. I mean, yeah. you know, I listen. Listen, I think everyone realize everyone knows what happens on a national scale, and we hear so many stories so many mm-hmm. times. And I think we we sometimes hear the bad. Mm-hmm. We know, absolutely. But then we hear the good. Well, the bad cells. Right, the bad cells. The bad cells. But it's important that we highlight the good because what you're doing, whether it's through Operation Copsicle, <laughs> you know, I always tell people it's more than the ice cream. You know, it's more than ice cream. The, cone the ice cream is just it's just an excuse to exactly. have a brief interaction, That's right. positive interaction. That's, That's all right. it's there for. That's right. And you're building trust. You're building trust. You have you have that. And then we have little Officer Winston, yep. you know, yep. and so um, <laughs> and, and he's adorable, you know, looking like he wants to take over Chief Wynn's job, yep, you yep. know, already that, sitting listen, in the seat. possibility you know? <laughs> <laughs> But when we think about Officer Winston and the whole aspect of what he is there to do, elaborate on his role. Um, so I just, you know, through social media and being on social media, you started to see all these agencies, mm-hmm. especially in New England. Mm-hmm. It's really huge in New England, um, where they, you'd see a comfort dog. And mm-hmm. Comfort dog? What the heck is that? Then I figure out, I'm like, oh my gosh, like that's that's crazy. That's that's a, that is an amazing yeah. idea. Um, so it took about two years, excuse me, two years of kind of looking, investing, negating to all these you know uh, issues that yeah. departments have had, trying to get them. Um, and it really, I was surprised how quick, and I shouldn't have been surprised, um, but I was surprised how quick um, my conversation with the chief went. Um, he, I think, was way more excited than I was. Um, but then when I said, you know, by the way, Chief, you know, like, if the dog's going to live, if I'm going to do all this work, I would like the dog to be assigned to me, right? So then you have union issues and, you know, because now you have other responsibilities. Mm-hmm. I don't care about that. I just said, Chief, I don't care. Like, I don't care. Like, I don't I, I don't want anything. I don't need anything. Right. I just want to start this program. And so I said, well, let me, I got to talk to my wife, Heather, uh, and... Um, you know, we had recently lost a dog after 15 years, mm. and I'm like, oh, this is going to be a hard sell. So, you know, I chatted up with her, and first I'm like, yeah, I think we might get, the department's looking at getting a comfort dog, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, oh, okay. And I'm like, oh, that, today's not the day. So, <laughs> so, you know, as time got closer, and, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm like, so can we have a conversation? But I knew this was coming. <laughs> I know what I said. Well, that's well, so that's why you've been quiet for the last two weeks. Oh, okay. Well, you know, you could have told me about it. So, oh, yeah, I, I tend to torture her a lot. So, um, we came to a happy median, okay. Um, and we share custody, okay. So, we have him half the week, the chief has him the other half. There's okay. no probate order, there's okay. no nothing. Um, you know, we exchange at the PD and um, we love it. Um, I know him and Christina and their newest addition yes. um, and their pets. They yes. love the idea. Yes. Um, and I, I just, I could not, this could not work, have worked out better. Mm. Um, but his main role is to just be able to bring calm to people. Right. Um, and we know this through studies um, that animals, dogs in particular, mm. um, that when you pet the back of a dog's head, mm-hmm. it releases the chemical serotonin from your fingertips, right? When you're petting the hair in the back of a dog's head. And it releases serotonin from your fingertips and the serotonin. No way. Yeah, oh, yes, yes. I learned that. Really? I, oh, yes, yes. Yeah. And serotonin is one of the key elements that makes us happy. 
So now what I what I how I understood it and how I address that with the kids is, hey, who here has a bad day? Blah, everybody raised their hands. Okay, who here has a dog at home? Oh, me, 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 me. I said, okay, so when you get home and you're having a bad day or a sad day and you're not feeling well, whatever it is, and you're just feeling down and you have a dog at home, what is the first thing you do when you walk in the house? They're like, oh, I find my dog and I hug my dog. I said, okay. I said, then what? Oh, I just, I want to lay with him and I want to pet him. I said, you want to know why? And this is why. And I said, how does it make you feel after? They're like, oh, I love, it makes me feel good. Come. Well, there you go. Now you know. So uh, huh. it's just, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I like to keep him fluffy. Yeah, he is. Na- he's fluffy. not your normal poodle, mm-hmm. uh, you know, decor looking dog. Winston it's, is very fluffy. Yes, yes. Very fluffy. It's a lot of brushing. A lot of brushing. A lot of grooming. <laughs> a lot of hair teasing. A lot goes into making him look good. A lot. A lot. He's spoiled. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, goodness, I feel like there's so much, like so many questions like I, I want to ask you. I know, and I and, gotten to. And the time is going down. But, but, but if I could, I'm just going to like, narrow down to like two questions because okay. you mentioned your wife, Heather. And My I, rock. And, exactly. Yeah. And yeah. I would be remiss if I didn't allow you to have some time to talk about what Heather means to you. Um, so my wife is the world to me. Mm-hmm. Um, we met. Uh, so we, <laughs> another just quirky thing we met when i was waiting at the pittsfield public library to go over to mr mariano's driving school on fen street Uh to get my driver's license Uh so i was going to driver's ed i'm in there with adam his father was the head of the library at the Uh time and we're kind of just chilling and you know just being kids Uh and my wife and her friend or friends were just so happened to be in there yeah um so we chatted and you know got to know each other yeah. and and um i i think i asked her friend out or her friend asked me out i don't remember so we went we went on like a two week you know like yeah dating thing yeah um and then her friend dumped me and then it was i i wished i could remember the exact moment but and i, I don't think it was much more than a couple of days and uh she called me yeah and was like hey you know like you know i'm just I'm interested in you yeah. and you know you know like would you go steady and yeah, date? Uh, yeah, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. oh sure sure yeah so that was in 10th grade mm-hmm. and uh, we've been together ever since wow yeah that's a true love story yeah, yeah. wow so she's my rock oh well I had to give some time for Heather yeah, absolutely and if there was one word that you had to choose to describe no, you what would no. it be handsome no no <laughs> As a, as a child told me in school yesterday, somebody asked me why I don't have any hair. And she goes, does it matter? He looks handsome. <laughs> now, this is a fourth grader. And I just laughed. Um, but, but um, you know, I think it's, um, I like the word open. Okay. Um, open because I'm always open-minded okay. um i have an open place for just about anybody mm-hmm. um that needs a space yeah to listen to to be heard to yeah. um to whatever yeah you know you're the first guest that i feel like i need to do a part two because there are so <laughs> many other questions in my head and i'm like we I didn't can get do to ha- we can do a part we two. might have to do a part two. i talk a lot we that's good <laughs> that's good because sometimes i have guests that are like yes no no, no. Maybe so. I don't. We could have did this on one question. So, <laughs> but no, this is great. Listen, Officer Derby. 
Darren. 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 Yeah, oh, Darren. I can't. Okay, okay, no. okay. If I didn't have to wear the uniform, honestly, I would not. Okay. If I didn't right. have to wear my holster, right. I would not. All but right. Darren. Darren. Okay. Thank you. Um, I really appreciate your transparency, your um, vulnerability, and sharing your story and your truth. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. All right, everyone, you've been listening to Backstory. Let's hear it on WTBRFM Pittsville with Roberta McCulloch Dews of the Mayor's Office in the City of Pittsville. Thanks for listening and have a great day.